Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We're in Ohio and excited to welcome classic rock legends, The Outsiders. And those of you who don't maybe recognize the name, the song Time Won't Let Me will certainly give it away. It's from my era of listening to music with my old transistor radio. We'll talk with Ricky Biagiola after we talk about this. I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couple's workbook called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone in any relationship knows, is crucial. So as we spoke later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again, Two Years After Forever. That's the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she interrupts me and says, oh, your brother's book. I, I thought you meant a book that you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book, two interpretations. Well, in Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that help you form better communication skills to avoid pratfalls like that one. Along with your partner, learning and applying these exercises will help you get back on track to why two years ago you pledged a life together forever. Two Years After Forever, twoyearsafterforever.com, and available at Amazon today and forever. Such a treat, such an honor, such a blast to get to meet you, Ricky Biagiola, drummer of The Outsiders, and you still play. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, we're still at it. We're still knocking around and uh, trying to be authentic and represent the music that we perform today. So it still sounds like the music that we performed in the sixties. Do you play just outsiders music? Like if somebody books you today for a convention or something, would you play just music of the outsiders or would you play a lot of music from that era? We would play about half and half. The outsiders okay. had released four LPs over the three years that they had uh, some success Wow. And like anything else, you know, you know, uh, when you used to buy a, an LP, you bought it for one or two songs and the rest of the album cuts could be ignored. You might hear something you like, but uh, most of the time, the, the, the single hits were the ones that were recognized. So uh, we could do we could do four LPs worth of songs, but no one ever heard of probably <laughs> more than four of them. Out, out of the albums that you did or the songs that you did that didn't get the player recognition like time won't let me got yeah. which one which one or ones were some of your favorites well we did we were we included on the outsiders third lp a song that was submitted to us by an independent writer we recorded it uh after we assembled it together in the studio and played it played our version of it and about a year later the very same song was recorded and completely transformed by a group called the American Breed. That song was Bend Me, Shape Me. I remember uh, that. Yeah. I don't remember the story, but I, yeah, I remember Bend Me, Shape Me any way you want me. Yeah. Bend Me, Shape Me was a, a huge monster hit for the American Breed. Mm -hmm. We had it out about a year earlier as an album cut, a uh, completely different sounding version. But uh, that's the instance where, like you said, uh, what, what songs were most memorable? We're kind of yeah. proud of that one. Yeah. Uh, and especially because it was, uh, it was, we didn't have anything to do with the re-release by the American Breed, but they certainly had some very intelligent, smart people behind it that added the horns and that little drum beat in the front. Yeah. And it was a very, a very big hit for them. That was one, um, uh, the uh the one two three the fourth single was arranged by chuck mangione really uh, the, yeah he came to he came to cleveland and recorded with us or produced not recorded he produced our song help me girl uh that was uh released as a single probably the last single that actually charted for us yeah but i uh, yeah those in particular are memorable for me oh fun now, where is the band today? Who's still with us and where are they? Well, I'm going to say, of course, the leader uh, and songwriter, Tom King, had passed away in 2011. And, of course, lead singer, Sonny Geraci, 
passed away in 2017. Uh, bass player, original bass player, Mert Gunnar Madsen, uh, in the mid-90s, moved back to his native, his home country of Denmark. Oh. So he's a Dane. And yeah. uh, where he lives now, he lives on an island off the coast of Denmark, and they have no cell phone or internet or anything like that. So uh, as hard as I've tried, we have sort of fallen out of touch. <laughs> I can't... Uh, I can't seem to contact him unless somebody goes there by ferry boat and actually knocks on his door. Carrier so. pigeon, dolphin, nothing like that will work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Bill, Bill is in a. Uh, he sort of lives in, living in a reclusive, uh, reclusive life in somewhere in uh, Tennessee. Okay. So we keep in touch frequently, he and I. But um, he uh, he kind of keeping away from the public. And uh, that's uh, Walter Nims, of course, that wrote Precious and Few. Right. He has passed. He has passed away as well. So it's it's kind of me. Yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to carry trying to carry on the music. I worked in in radio a long, long time ago and uh, in my 20s. And there was a, a show at the Holiday Inn in Joplin, the market where I was working at the time. And it featured Iron Butterfly, Steppenwolf and the Grassroots. And nice. those bands had all been extinct, right? They'd all broken up. But when the band broke up, like the the roadie got to keep the name, or in the other, it might have been the yeah. drummer. And this uh -huh. guy in Phoenix got studio musicians to to replicate the sound of those bands. And then he hired the individual guys that had the name so he could market them as the Grassroots, Iron Butterfly, and yeah. Steppenwolf. And he had a whole bunch of other artists like that, and he toured all over the country with these guys. He made a made a great killing and really helped keep that music, bring it back to life. Or uh, you know, that was like, like that was in the seventies, so it wasn't that far removed from being alive. But you know, late seventies, right. pretty cool. Right. I don't know if, if does something like that exist today for an older music like a, the sixties music. Yep, it does. Uh, somebody that wants to do it legitimately, like uh, I own the rights to the trademark name the outsiders as a mm -hmm. performing musical group. Okay. Um, and most of the heritage acts, I guess you would say someone in the band owns the rights to the, to the legal name uh, of the band itself. So they can perform without infringing, I should say on, mm -hmm. an, on another group's name. Uh, but yeah, there are several groups that like myself, like the outsiders that only have one member some have two. Uh -huh. It's kind of rare. To, it's kind of rare at this, uh, you know, almost 55 years, 58 years later that a whole group of, uh, of musicians that were successful then is still successful now. Someone is usually missing or has passed away or uh, cannot participate. But uh, all in all, yeah. And there's several that have no original members any longer. They just carry the music on. Yeah. So, um we have some friends that uh, are involved with with those kind of performances, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I I'm trying to hang in there, and I have some good guys with me in the band, and uh, they're a little older, so we're playing that same '60s era music. Uh -huh. And like you mentioned earlier, yeah, we do some we do about half half outsiders music, and we do half uh, songs from the era. That's, that would be fascinating to see that. I, I know people of my era would I, I would think something like that would be great like at a reunion like a high school reunion a 50th reunion or something to have a band that comes in and plays music like that you know that'd be fun. oh yeah so yeah. who are the outsiders how did you guys meet where did you meet uh you're in ohio now you guys aren't from ohio originally though or were you i am always yeah we're all everybody here in the band the band currently uh, or back then i should say uh the original outsiders in 1965 we're all from the Cleveland area. Okay. Uh, there was a sort of an accident, a tragic accident. One of the band members died in a car accident and the guitar player was recruited from Pittsburgh, but everybody's pretty much close by. And, uh, and even today, the version of the outsiders. Now everyone is here from the Cleveland and Akron area uh, uh, in Northeast Ohio. And, um, uh, that's by my choice because uh, I, I I feel like uh, 
that's that sense of, of community, first of all. And second of all, it makes it way, way, way easier to try and get together for rehearsals, <laughs> recordings, uh, interviews like this, appearances. So um, yeah, otherwise, someone has to travel and that's uh, that takes away. It's expensive and it takes and it's time consuming and schedules sometimes don't align. But everyone's right here within an hour of each other. And that way we can maintain contact easily. Now you're in Cleveland, as is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So the logical question is, are the outsiders in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We are, but not as most people would suspect. Really? We were never Rock Hall inductees. We were never inducted into the Rock Hall, okay. Hall of Fame. But... Uh, in 19, uh, I'm going to guess somewhere around 1990 or so, the Rock Hall installed a Cleveland Rocks exhibit. Oh, okay. And it, that's a glass enclosure in the in the museum itself, and it features the Ohio bands that had a degree of success. So um, we are in there. Uh, my bass drum head is in there, autographed, hanging inside the exhibit. Uh, some memorabilia from the James Gang, from the OJs, from uh, a group called Nine Inch Nails from Akron, who who were more popular late in later years. Yeah, uh, and uh, so I can't. Sometimes people do say, "Oh, the the outsiders, you know, they they got they're in the Rock Hall. We're not really in the Rock Hall, but we're uh -huh. in the Rock Hall." <laughs> so. Uh, there was no voting and there was no, but uh, we're proud of the fact that at least in the, our little corner in the exhibit for uh, for Cleveland, Ohio, the Cleveland Rocks exhibit, that we are a part of that. Now, how did you meet? I mean, did, was this a high school band kind of thing? You guys all were hanging out and said, hey, because the story I hear a lot is when the Beatles showed up and they showed them on Ed Sullivan with a bunch of women or a bunch of girls screaming, wanting to be a part of that. And the guys of that era said, I want what they've got, you know. <laughs> well, you know, before the uh, before the outsiders called, Tom King, as I mentioned, the leader of the outside uh, the outsiders, was a success uh, leader of a local band called the Starfires, uh, and those 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 fellas recorded "Time Won't Let Me" uh, in late 1965 as a as a local group, and. Through one twist or another, the song got picked up by Capitol Records. Their drummer, their drummer from the Starfires, was uh, was going to be drafted, so he enlisted in the military and said, "I'm leaving. Call Ricky because I was in a successful local band as well around town." And uh, one thing led to another. Tom King called me. I uh, I was the uh, three months away from finishing high school. So I was a senior oh in high my school. Gosh. Wow. And uh, he called me and said, we need, we're going on the road. We need a drum player. Our guy, our guy is leaving for the military. So I had a choice to make and I ended up choosing to leave school and, and go on the road with the outsiders. Wow. How did your parents take that? My mother, my mother was uh, most influential in telling me to uh, go ahead and take a shot to risk. No kidding, it. that's that's cool. That's really cool. I uh, I'll never I'll never forget the phone call. Tom King called me and 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 I said, you know what, you got to give me you got to give me an hour here so I can yeah. figure out decide what I'm going to do. And my mother, in her wisdom, said. Uh, she be she believed what she what we were hearing on the phone. She said, "You know what? You may never get another call like this in your whole life. Yeah, a chance to actually go on the road with, and play music." Uh, so I took her advice. I called them back and said, "I'm in. Let's go." And three days later, we were on the uh, on the airplane to go to Virginia Beach to hook up with the Gene Pitney, Dick Clark yeah. All American tour. Wow, and. Did you tour like was that all summer long? Then you toured, or did you tour just for a couple of weeks? Came back home. That was that was that was six weeks. Yeah, <laughs> six weeks on a bus with some huge stars of the time. Uh, and when I remember? got back from the tour, do you remember who all you yeah. toured with? Who all was? Oh, I certainly do. 
Gene Pitney, of course, was right. the star of was the star of the tour. Mm-hmm. On the bus, there was a, there was probably about twenty five people. So and those would include, right from, again from that era, uh, mid nineteen sixty six was B J Thomas, was mm-hmm. Len Barry, Chad and Jeremy. Oh wow, Bobby Bobby Goldsboro, the McCoys had to hang on Sloopy. Yeah, yeah. Um, who am I forgetting? I'm probably overlooking somebody. But probably. Yeah, there it, was it was a while ago. It was a cavalcade. Yeah, it's like a, they call it the cavalcade of stars. And of course, uh, there was a backup band for the tour for the uh, solo artists that uh, were, were traveling by themselves. Uh, us, and, us and the McCoys were the only two self-contained bands. Okay. And then the backup band was, uh, they were called the Triumphs from texas uh, and uh, we said yeah i left uh i left with three days notice for six weeks and when i got back uh, i tried to go back to high school and they said well you you've been absent too much you you have to repeat the you have to repeat the 12th grade so uh, uh, i managed to get tutored for the amount of time that i missed so i didn't yeah. have to go back to the 12th grade but uh it was a it was a frustrating time but it it all worked out and you managed to avoid the war, which was cool, right? I mean, I did not. Of, I did, right? I did I not was, serve in the military. I mean, you I kind of got the gig because of the drummer, right? I got because of the war, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got a couple of songs we're going to listen to before we get to time won't let me, and want to talk to you about them. The first one is called "You and Me." Now, what happens here in this podcast is songs come to me all the time. And I'll see the title, You and Me, and I'll think, oh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, April Wine did a song called You and Me. Oh, so did so did Alice Cooper, but you guys had it first. So so I listened to the song, and I'm like, well, that's neither April Wine nor, uh, nor Alice Cooper. So this is like your own version of this. And how would the song process go? Because you said you're not a songwriter, right, Ricky? So somebody would not. bring a song to you yeah. and say, we're going to do it or what? No, this is a three of the outsider. Three of the outsiders got together to write this song. Oh, uh, and we went to the studio. Well, of course, we rehearsed it first. We uh, the basic the basic chord structure, the basic vocal that was all um, minimal minimal tracks, I guess you might say. And uh, we we brainstormed. We added our own parts, what we thought would work. We got together and, and said, that fits there, that does not fit there. This song was recorded in 2021, actually, here in Cleveland. And <clears throat> uh, actually, we got word today that uh, it's going to be charting on Cashbox Magazine's Top 100 here in March. How exciting. That is so cool. That is just amazing. So 1965 to 2021. I, I'm not going to try and do the math. <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's a few years, though. We're going to give it a listen then. This is kind of a reuniting then, right? The reuniting of the Outsiders. Can we say that? Well, we, yeah. We had been together prior, of course. But we thought that we had some interest in the band. And we thought uh-huh. maybe a, a new song, a new release, a new composition might be appropriate. So this particular one... Uh, we, like I said, we recorded it probably a couple of years ago, but it's yeah. uh, it's making its way onto the cash box top 100, which we're we're very proud of. Uh, to say that we have a charting single after 58 years yeah. is, is kind that's, of kind of that's, boasting. That's pretty amazing, man. Let's give it a listen. Our guest Ricky Biagiola from the Outsiders here on the Music of America podcast and the song "You and Me." Is 
you and me, the outsiders, with our guest Ricky Biagiola here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back to talk to Ricky a little bit more about, about the band, the history of the outsiders, and music of the era. It's this simple. Buy Kitty's Litter Box. Open the box. Place the litter in the box. Introduce the box to your cat. When your cat has done their business for about a month or so, close the box and throw it away. That's it. Just close the box, grab the handle of this biodegradable box, and throw it away. It's ideal for traveling with your favorite feline. It's affordable. It's convenient. You know, that's the one thing about cats that I didn't like. I had, And I don't know how it became my job, but I had to change the litter box all the time. And who knows? If Kitty's litter box was around maybe 20 years ago, I might still have cats. I don't know. Kitty's litter box, all lowercase, kittyslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. And our guest, Ricky Biagiola from North Royalton, Ohio. Is that just outside of Cleveland? Is that in the Cleveland area? Correct. It's a suburb of Cleveland. You're okay. right. I've, I've been to Cleveland three times, two, four times. Well, yeah, on my way to Vermont, on my way moving back to Missouri, on my way back up to Vermont. Uh, oh, boy. And now we go up there. We've got a house in Vermont and a house here in, in Saint, just outside of St. Louis. So yeah. we're here in the wintertime because I love the mountains. I love the winter. I love the snow. But it's just so long. You know, the winters up there are so just so long. They actually, uh, I think they start in June and they end in May. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually gorgeous up there in the in the summer and the fall as well. But uh, the, the, the humidity in St. Louis drives me out too, drives me nuts. So it's a good balance. But I've gone through there a couple of times and each time I keep saying, I want to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I want to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Each time I've had a trailer on the back of my car and people have said, yeah, you may not want to do that. It's not always wise to be driving in any metro city with, you know, and then leaving a, a trailer abandoned like that. So yeah. I, th I think maybe in April I'll finally get to hit it. Yay. Then I'll make sure we go to the, uh, the Ohio exhibit. Yeah, please do. We're in there. Yeah. So, 2021 you guys got together and and wrote basically wrote you and me right what about the time in between there what caused the outsiders to break up and were there reconciliations or like reorganizations or whatever throughout that that big span of time well tom i uh like any any other of the uh going back to am radio top 40 groups in the 60s um Somebody new comes along, the music changes right about that time. Uh, please stop me if I'm getting too lengthy. No, right about is... that time, right about that time, uh, music was changing from R&B influenced pop music to California, San Francisco, flower power style. And it was so opposite from what we were providing, what we were recording. Mm -hmm. And eventually uh, the group just faded. Uh, they decided to move to California to try and uh, to try and hang in there and deal with the people at the business part of it at Capitol Records. Uh, that that was short lived. I came back home right about that time after three years and <clears throat> a short time in California. That just that whole California scene was not for me being from being from the Mid East. Yeah. But uh, yeah. everybody kind of went their own separate ways, and uh, I was playing the whole time. Since then, locally, with one band or another, through the whole the whole gamut of of music, I went from a lounge a Tony Orlando lounge band to a, a classic rock band to a blues band to a disco band to eighties wow. band more recently. And uh, but anyway, I I never stopped playing. And about about five years ago, I got a message from an independent promoter somewhere. And I believe it might've been Indiana. Uh, he said, would you be interested in being part of a out, uh, outsiders reform, a reformed outsiders? He said, you're the only one that seems to be still active in the music business. So uh, one thing led to another. Uh, he put me together with some guys that eventually uh, was short lived, but it gave me the uh, inspiration to put an outsiders band together from right here where I live. Yeah. And I had, I know enough, enough musicians around town that, and had enough friends to refer me to others that, uh, 
I picked guys that are a bit younger than I am, probably eight to 10 years younger, but they all feel the same about 60s music. They know how to play it. They know how to reproduce it. So it sounds authentic. And uh, that was uh, my whole time in between. Yes, it was very, it was a very long time in between. You're right. But no, uh, no attempts along the way. You just, you broke up, you left, right? So that would have been what, 68, I guess, 68, 69 around then? That is correct. And you left that and you correct. went to Ohio and then just did stuff on your own. At no time did you guys say, and and how does that break up? How does that even happen? Did you say, guys, the band's going to break up. Does somebody say that? Or do you just say, I'm leaving, find somebody else? Or how does that happen? You know what? Uh, everybody left individually at their own time. Okay. Um, first, first I mentioned, the first one to leave, like I mentioned, was Gunner, Mert Gunner Madsen from Denmark. Uh-huh. Um, he had a little family family issue and ended up leaving the band. Uh, and then the guitar player, Bill, <clears throat> who now lives in uh, a little bit of seclusion in Tennessee, he left right. second. Uh, I left third uh, after three years. Uh, we, we just weren't working. The band had lost its, how can I put it delicately? Uh, our popularity had diminished, I guess you might say. <laughs> and, and I came back to Cleveland and got married, so. They weren't beating a path to your door anymore, right? <laughs> did you they have an, did you have an obligation with Capital? Did you have to produce X number of albums or X number of songs, or what was the deal with that? Yes, that was true. Um, that was that was a contract that was in in how can I put it? That was coming to, nearing its end. Okay. As far as as far as getting renewed with Capital Records, and that basically they wanted Tom King, the leader, and Sonny Geraci, the singer to be a part of um, uh, continuing on. And uh, that sort of fell apart. They couldn't come to terms, evidently, uh, those two and Capitol Records. So um, that sort of was the end of it. It sort of fell fell apart on its own. There were so many bands that that happened to in that era. Oh, yeah. And I, I... I remember the sound I called, well, there's a book, I guess there's a book that really brought it home to me called hotel California. And it's how, uh, the Motown sound was happening in Chicago and New York had pretty much capitalized on all the pop music. And this guy decided to go out to California. So I want to, I want to find a new sound. And he took like country music and rock and roll, the early like folk rock and put those together and built the, was it the Troubadour hotel? And he would bring artists in and they would sleep and do whatever upstairs. And they'd come down and they'd play shows on the weekends. And that was his deal. And that's how that whole Laurel Canyon group of musicians grew. They were all, they heard about this Troubadour Hotel and they would all go and hang out there and they'd get paid for their gigs. And and at that same yeah. time, the Stop the War thing was going on. And uh, LSD was real popular and Flower Power was real popular. And the whole hippie movement, yeah. the, a lot of that stuff. And it just... uh the fun, uplifting kind of music that is presented in that era with you, the McCoys. Um, yeah. Then when the, even even the Beatles, I mean, a lot of the British invasion was still uplifting. But as as the country was going through pu- uh, the pub- puberty or adolescence, like it's going through adolescence of sorts with the yeah. war and everything. Yeah. That's when the music changed. And it, the, I guess there wasn't a place for that kind of music, huh? No, it wasn't. It was getting it was getting. Um... A lot of social commentary, uh, songs songs about uh, peace, mm-hmm. war, you know, uh, uh, psychedelic. You know that that was all. It all came after came after what what the outsiders and similar groups were used to. Like I said, the R and B flavored dance music from the early to mid sixties, and mm-hmm. it slowly it slowly transformed at the late sixties when it got a little more. Like I said, um, meaningful, I guess you might say, uh, as far as, uh, you know, in the year 2525 and Eric Burden and, and, uh, boy, the flower power, you know, San Francisco. And the dust off my memory banks here, Zagger and Evans, right? 2525. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, yeah. Burden was, was he with the animals and then broke away on his own, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Actually, yeah. actually, if we, have, if we have time, another quick Eric Burden story. I yeah. mentioned the uh, the re-release of uh, "Bend Me, Shape Me." 
yeah. uh, by the American Breed, who had a lot of nice success with that. Mm-hmm. We recorded a song called Help Me Girl, the Outsider's fourth single. Yeah. And believe it or believe it or not, Help Me Girl was also recorded by Eric Burden and the Animals and released at the same time, oh, within the same month uh, of each other. So uh, the song had split airplay. Eric Burden's version uh, was pretty was pretty popular west of the Mississippi River, yeah. and our version was more popular east of the Mississippi River. And and believe it or not, they were both out. The same song by two different groups was out at the same time simultaneously. That's so funny. The uh, bass player in a cover band I was in grew up in Chicago, and the yeah. version of Gloria was not. Uh, whoever i can't remember who did it was it them that did it but he knew it more by the band that did it in chicago because that's what got all the airplay it's a similar thing that shadows the, of night shadows of night yeah wow yeah, we, t- <laughs> we spent a lot of we spent a lot of time on the road with them uh gloria was out about the same time as time won't let me and, and uh, we we spent a lot of time on buses together we, no we were pretty friendly with the shadows the How song fun. was originally done by uh uh a group called them that's what i thought yeah it was them yeah okay yeah boy really taxing me here (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i remember so i remember so much useless stuff it's amazing yeah so do i i'm I'm great at trivia parties you know (laughs) now now the next song we're going to listen to is called i've got a heart was that from one of your previous albums or is this something else what is this This is a song this is a song that was recorded in 2022 actually oh no kidding. after after you and me uh-huh. um we, we had a bit of success with you and me on cashbox uh i i've got a heart actually was released first and made it all the way up to number 19 on cashbox top 100 wow. uh just about three months ago and then it, of course at uh it made to 19, it started falling back. Uh, but uh, I'm going to guess right around the last Thanksgiving, it had peaked. So, yeah, You and Me is a, is a relatively new recording as well. Uh-huh. And uh, that was only uh, two years ago. And was this the same guys on I've Got a Heart yeah. that got together on You and Me? Yep. That was all. Actually, we did all the recording. We did the instruments. We did the singing. There was no... There's no outside musicians. That was all us. Wow. How exciting. Still kicking it yeah. after all these years, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to give it a listen. Then the song is called I've Got a Heart. Our guest, Ricky Biagiola and the Outsiders here on the Music of America podcast. You're trying to prove 
I've got a heart. The Outsiders here on the Music of America podcast. Growing up in St. Louis, as I did, the blues has been a strong influence my whole, my whole life. In fact, one of the logos we use features a band called the Alabama Serenaders. It's a sepia-colored picture. This band is from back in the 1930 era, 1930s. Well, right there in the middle on his knees with, with his clarinet pointed up to the sky is my grandfather. So that taste, that flavor of blues has been in throughout St. Louis over a century. The Soulard Blues Festival showcases that deep-rooted heritage. The B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis is an outdoor concert festival held in the historic Soulard Market. So when you think of blues in St. Louis, think of Soulard. When you think of music in Louisiana, New Orleans, you think of Bourbon Street. When you think of Memphis, you think of Beale Street. Well, Soulard is to the blues what those streets are to their respective cities as well. But the B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis is outdoor concert. It's great blues acts, great music, great industry workshops. They have, they partner up with the vendors in the Soulard area. They have some quirky little art and music craft vendors, family activities, even have face painting. So it's the B3 Blues Festival. Look it up. Soulard B3. Soulard is S-O-U-L, like soul. It's S-O-U-L-A-R-D. B3, like the organ, fest.com for acts and dates and touring information and all that stuff. Really cool. Ricky, you said uh, Ricky Biagiola. I really butchered your name that time. Ricky Biagiola, <laughs> uh, our, our guest here on the Music America podcast. You said you did some time in the blues. I did. Yeah. I was in a uh, six-piece six horn band with two, uh, two tenor sax players. And then uh, piano, bass, and drums uh, here in Cleveland, and we did uh, for about oh, I don't know, close to two years, just knocking around, knocking around some of the blues clubs here in town. Back then, uh, a lot of colleges were open to listening to old old blues, the old blues artists, uh-huh. and some and some where some where the newer the newer blues artists came up, Jay Giles and. Uh, <clears throat> 
bands like that. So mm-hmm. there was room, there was room to work a little bit. And we, uh, we had, we had some success for a while for a couple of years. Regional, locally. like just, just around town or did you get outside of the region? Uh, did you get nationwide? We, yeah, we did. We traveled a little. We went to Washington, D.C. We went to Baltimore, uh, but not for extended periods. Those were kind of like weekend trips, but mostly mostly around town. Uh-huh. That's cool. And then you, but you're still active. You're doing stuff. Now you're with uh, your version of The Outsiders. Is that correct? It is. Okay. And I guess you get tired of playing Time Won't Let Me, or do you? <laughs> oh, no, I don't. You know what? That, that, I was blessed to have been a part of that, yeah. to been a part of the group, to been a part of the song, and uh, I'll never, I'll never say, uh, I don't ever want to do this again. And I'm, it makes me throw up every time I have to play it. I'll, yeah, I'll never do that because that's what that's what I have to attribute my success to. That was the beginning of it. A lot of people that listen to the podcast are people that have been on the podcast and their friends. They listen to the the business side of what you've gone through they they experience some successes of their own some want to have some success some think about having some success and some don't care they just want to do what they're doing and having fun with that you know they're all over the spectrum on here but talk to me if you would about what it's like to have somebody find you discover you you know you guys had this sound it was good it was popular you charted you hit you hit number did you hit number one on this I don't let me made it to number five number on five. Billboard. Okay. I knew it was top 10. I, I, for some reason, I thought you made top three and maybe even number one, but I couldn't remember. But Billboard had top, so you were in the top five of Billboard. What's that like as you're, again, charts were bigger back then than they are now, right? Like now it's how, now it's how many people are listening to you on Spotify, I think. You know, how many listeners do you have? How many shares do you have? How many likes do you have? You know, yep. they still chart the... Uh, I guess, well, you said cash box and I guess billboard's still out there. Uh, what's it like to, to find out that your song is being played around the country? Well, uh, as, as the band traveled, uh, toward, we would get into a, uh, any, any city that you could think of th- throughout the U S mm-hmm. and we'd first, first, uh, first order of business would to get to the, most popular local AM radio station and pay a visit, do a promo for ourselves mm-hmm. and uh, find out that time won't let me and uh, whatever successive singles we had or with the Gene Pitney tour, three or four of the acts were all in had songs in the top 10 in that particular town. So uh, we would say on well, the McCoys are number three, we're number six, BJ Thomas, uh, I'm so lonesome I could cry. He's in the top nine. Uh, it would be, it was just, uh, yeah, I, you know, when I was, Tom, I was 17 years old. I was yeah. just, I was so impressionable and, and appreciative, uh, and in awe, quite honestly, because I was around all these, all these veteran players and singers. And right. oh, here's, here's me, a kid, uh, <laughs> Just I kind of stay on the fringe of things and just keep my eyes open and my mouth shut. So what's it like? Like, uh, or, or did you watch the charts? And somebody watched the charts for you? Did you guys run to record stores to get cash box to see if we moved yep. up? Or oh yeah, wouldn't that be fun? I, I would imagine yeah. that would just be really exciting and say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh, oh my gosh. What's it feel like on the other side when you're at number five and then the next week you're down to like number twelve? Yeah, well, you know what? You didn't really think about that. That was a slow um, descension, I guess you would call, because you know the the whole country all at once is not <clears throat> does not chart uh, their popular songs uh, nationwide. If we, we might be we might lose lose several spots in New York and Chicago and still be number one in Utah and Salt Lake City, for instance. Uh-huh. So. Um, we, we we managed to stay popular, like I said, for for those three years or so with with the successive singles that were released. But yeah, of course, it's disappointing. You know, it's not like we were not the monkeys, and we were not the the groups that managed to have careers for years right. and years with their popularity. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was nevertheless. Uh, we're very grateful to have gone through that. There were so many bands of that era that came and went, right? 
Yeah. Was, was it was it feasible to make money? I mean, you've made enough money to stay on the road and stay out for three years. But were people, yeah. were you able to, I guess, able to make a living or better the three years that you guys were doing your thing? Oh, yeah, Tom. Uh, you remember, you know, because <clears throat> you've experienced it. When people used to buy records, buy vinyl, yeah. uh, those were, those were uh, computed record sales. And that's how the artists were paid royalties is uh, how much went to a group per LP, how uh, much went to a group per 45 single. And uh, those were, those were actual, that was actual income. It was, it's so different now. Uh, anybody could go in their basement and make a, a video or a, right. uh, whatever and say, it's on Spotify. It's on TuneCore. It's on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> I just got a check from TuneCore for ten dollars and thirty-five cents. Hey, all right. Or <laughs> I think it was it might have been from I've Got a Heart, actually. Oh wow. But, okay. But I mean, yeah, so you know how the streams go. They're they yeah. uh, a stream pays a hundredth of a penny right. right per stream. So uh the the days of making money by record sales are pretty much over. So uh, but back then, yeah, I was a kid. I had money in my pocket. I, I bought a new car from a royalty check, and oh and, wow! Uh, in 1960, I bought a 1967 Dodge Cash Money with a royalty check, and and wow. uh, that's pretty and impressive. It was all from it, yeah, it was all from touring, and uh, we made a lot of friends. Still, I still keep in touch with several from back yeah. then, and uh, a lot of them, you know, don't play anymore. A lot of them has passed on. But mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's uh, I have very fond memories and uh, they're not uh, they haven't diminished. I have a pretty sharp memory of the way things went. Before we get into the last song, uh, Tom won't let me. We have talked about. Uh, let's take a moment here and what have you learned? Well, what what have you learned most about this industry that you wish? you knew at 17 that you could share with everybody <laughs> that's in the business now? Uh, you know what? Even, even Tom King was, he was several years older than me, probably six years older than me when I was 17. He was, uh -huh. he was married already and had children, but um, <clears throat> you know, you get, you know, where it says sign here, sign here, boy, I'm going to make you a star. Well, yeah, that was, yeah. was kind of it. Um, uh, not to not to diminish the fact that the songs that Tom King wrote uh, had a lot of value, had a lot of uh, credentials, but um, it was an opportunity that, quite honestly, as I look back, the band was was taken advantage of, and and not that that was a not not uncommon. Uh, it happened to everybody, everybody that we have ever talked to. Uh, Tommy James wrote a book about it. Really, um, Shondells, yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, the same with <clears throat> the same with uh, uh, the Buckinghams, the Grassroots. Uh, everybody gets, um, I don't know how to put it, gets taken advantage of, I guess. So, uh -huh. had we known now how things are supposed to work, we wouldn't have put our, we wouldn't have laid all our eggs in one basket, put all our trust in in a couple of uh, businessmen that started out. Uh, with our best interests at heart, yeah. But eventually, it, eventually, it turned into uh, we bought our manager a Porsche. Uh, wow! And he said, he said, thanks, you guys, because he he showed up one day driving a red Porsche convertible, and uh, we were saying, oh man, wow, look at this car. He said, yeah. He says, you guys bought it for me. So uh, there's a slap in the face. Yeah, I'm driving <laughs> a Dodge. He's driving a Porsche. What's up? <laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, let's let's play your last song. Uh, this is a classic, and people that have been around for more than thirty years, maybe younger. Well, I'm sure my kids heard this song, so yeah, you know, you're going to hear it. And you're going to say, "Oh, I know that song." But the song is "Time Won't Let Me." The Outsiders, our guests here on the Music of America podcast.
time won't let me. Such a catchy rip, man. It's such a great song and such an honor to have you with us here today. Ricky Biagiola from The Outsiders up in just outside of Cleveland. Ricky, this is the last segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So this would be where you can talk about how we can find you, where we can find your music, how we can buy your music, your merch, shows coming up, new albums coming out, whatever. Go. Well, first I'll say the website is a little bit long, www.theoutsidersusalive.com. And that'll take you, uh, that'll take you, whoever happens to, to click on it. We have videos there from our live performances. We have our merchandise links on there. We have our the band's current biography on there. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, some photos <clears throat> and, uh, that's, that's easy enough to find, to navigate from there. We also have a Facebook page called Outsiders Live and, uh, <clears throat> that's easy enough to find. We have a show coming up February 24th here in Kent, Ohio, where Kent State University is. We'll be doing a, we'll be doing a show at the, uh, Kent stage theater with ourselves and you might remember the circle red rubber ball yeah turn yeah, down yeah. Well, they're from they're located in columbus in ohio so we're going to uh package up with them and we will also be back was that on the on the 26th you said the 26th may 20 uh, february 24 24 okay well this is this is pre-recorded so it will have already played okay. it, this this will air on the 26th so Oh, is that we're gonna miss it? Yeah, that's all right. Okay. So it was a great show, though. I bet <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna yeah. be good. Uh, anybody that likes heritage music, a little bit of oldies, uh, that's what's going to be going on that night. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, beyond that, we have uh, we you know we have our typical our typical things for sale: mugs, yeah. coffee mugs, uh, drumsticks, jewelry, and all that sort of thing. Oh, fun. But, we're looking, we're looking forward to we're looking forward to to getting getting out and playing uh from time to time of course the market like anybody else will will tell me all all the promoters will tell me well you know people people your age that like that music they're not going out too much anymore if they're still going out at all and I'm and I'm thinking okay well I guess I guess they're telling me our our audience is diminishing so better make <laughs> hay while the sun shines there you right? go well, Ricky, I appreciate your time. I appreciate uh, everything that you've done and what you've done for music. Uh, just we wouldn't be here today. Music wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the groundwork laid by bands like the Outsiders. You know, and that's that's the yes, Scott's truth. Uh, it might be in a place when where people aren't comfortable right now because music is uh, kind of touchy when you talk about today's music. A lot of people get get you know a little sensitive about. So I try not to get political or get involved in in that side of it, but uh, just know that where music is today wouldn't be here if it weren't for bands like you, and uh, and I appreciate it. So, well, Tom, you've been you've been very uh, very friendly and cordial and professional to speak with, and I only want, I want to wish you the best, and I'm going to say may God bless you and your loved ones, and uh, we were going to keep at it until I decide that it's time for me to step away, but uh, in the meantime, we're hoping people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can join us at some place across the country. And again, thanks you much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words and for being on here. And our guest, Ricky Biagiola from The Outsiders. Up next, we finish up the week in Ohio. Graveyard Pete and the new Appalachian Sound, or as he would say it, the new Appalachian Sound. Tomorrow on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.